are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. This morning, I want to direct your attention to the book of Psalms. And I am amazed at God's goodness to make Psalms the book of study for the 2020 Bible quiz season. Our children and our young people have been learning verses from the book of Psalms since November. Uh, It's been an important part of my life in recent months and even In 1994, the book of Psalms was a championship year for the quiz team here at the Calvary Church. And God continues to direct me to these verses that I learned as a young teenager in 1994. And it is from one of those verses that meant so much to us that year that I will be speaking to you from this morning. So today, we want to look at what the psalmist wrote in Psalms 92. The heading for this in my Bible, and in many, I'm sure, is a song for the Sabbath. Let us read it together. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, They are doomed to destruction forever, but you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered, but you have exalted my horn. Like that of the wild ox, you have poured over me fresh Oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare That the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. This morning we will be looking specifically together at verse 10. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. I want to preach to you from this thought this Sunday morning. Freshness guaranteed. I think we do well this morning to begin by considering the amazing context for this verse and this entire psalm that we just read together. We don't know for certain the writer of this passage. The writer does not identify themselves specifically, but many believe it to be David. The only identification that we find is that it is labeled as a song for the Sabbath, The writer did this to say that, Brother Danny, this was a good song to sing on a Sunday morning worship service. 
And while we don't practice Sabbath or observe it on the same day that they did, Sunday is our spiritual Sabbath. It is a day that we set aside for worship. In our Western culture, it is the beginning of a new week. For us as believers, it is a day of renewal and focus. We begin a new week by going to the house of God. Now, for most of us in the congregation, I would guess that right now in this situation, this means going to your couch in your pajamas to stream along with us. I know y'all aren't getting dressed up for this. At least I didn't. You're probably not even changing out of your bed closed for this extravaganza. But for all you know, I could be standing half-dressed for bed behind this pulpit, hidden strategically in my pajamas. I'm sure many of you have seen that meme that's going around of a pastor sitting on a couch with his laptop strategically placed on a pillow, and he's all business up top, and then the bottom of him is not. He is dressed for bed. That is motivation to me. It is inspirational to me. That's brilliant. I mean, why not take full advantage of this situation, find the good in this, and come to church in your pajamas? I think it's wonderful. I know Andrew's trying to get Pastor Tom to let those of us who are still coming to maybe dress a little more casual during this time. I obviously am lobbying for Pajama Sunday so that we are all in one mind, in one accord, in every way here on our live stream. But Andrew and I have both been denied, rest assured, those of you who are nervous in this moment... Rest assured that once again it has been proven that I am not in charge. And you can thank God for that, as do I. Amen. But here in this time, our Sunday worship service, we transition to a new week. To face new challenges. To embrace new opportunities. And here in Psalms 92.10, I believe it is David that makes a statement that is very compelling. The imagery he uses is certainly attention-grabbing. If you have a King James Version Bible that you're looking at this morning, you read it how I learned it as a 13-year-old girl. My horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. What? There are unicorns in the Bible? My girls are supposed to be watching this. And if they are, I have their full attention right now in this moment because our house is full of unicorns. Anything that can have a unicorn on it is on there. From socks to soap to toothpaste to journals to pajamas, you name it. If there's a girl in your house, say amen. There are unicorns everywhere. But most scholars agree that this is not in reference to a fictitious beast. Rather, most likely it is an animal like the one the ESV used, a wild ox 
maybe a bison of some kind. I read one commentator that speculated it could even be a rhinoceros, which is very interesting to consider. But I hate to disappoint some this morning. David is speaking in terms of a real animal and not a mythical creature. It is important for us to understand that in ancient times, the horn of such animals signified power and might and dominion. In the Bible, the horn is used as a picture of power, for it was the horn of these animals. Its chief purpose was to attack and to defend that animal. The horn is used as a metaphor in scripture, such as this one, to represent strength. And in my study, I found that when the psalmist said, my horn shall be exalted like the horn of a wild ox, he was speaking in terms of triumph and victory. David was essentially saying here that the Lord would empower and strengthen him. And so this morning, we must ask the questions, how will the Lord do this? What is the source of this power and this strength that the psalmist was so confident about? We find the answer in the same verse, for the psalmist goes on to say, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Again, we look to the context for this reference to oil specifically anointing oil. Oil was something that was commonly used in ancient time, and the Bible makes reference to it many times. In fact, if Blue Letter Bible is correct, oil is spoken of over 200 times in the scriptures. However, it seems that only olive oil was used by the Hebrews. Olive oil was abundant, especially in the area around Galilee. It had many purposes in its time. Some were practical and some were spiritual. Oil was used for cleansing, for medicine, for food, even for cosmetics. Oil was used in trade and as fuel for their lamps. People were anointed for health and as a sign of hospitality. And they also used this oil and preparations for burial. We see several times the Bible make reference to what we would call the anointing or the holy oil. This is the type of oil and purpose described here in this song for the Sabbath. This is an example of the sacred uses for that oil. People were anointed in Scripture to set them apart for God's purpose on their lives. We see the prophets anointed in 1 Kings 19 verse 16 when Elijah was told to anoint Elisha to take his place. Priests were anointed to set them apart for ministry. God instructed Moses in Exodus chapter 30 verse 30, you shall anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. These verses use the word meshach, which means to smear, to anoint, to spread a liquid. Kings such as David were anointed before they assumed the throne. Anointing was for the sole purpose 
of consecration to God. And here in Psalms 92, I believe David is drawing from his own experience as someone who had been anointed by God for divine purpose. The Bible tells us about that day in young David's life in 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. What a powerful moment that must have been in David's life. In fact, it was a life-changing moment. The scripture is specific to let us know that from that moment forward, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in an unprecedented way in his life, and it remained upon him. Now, we know that a lot happened in David's life between the time that the old prophet poured and emptied that horn of oil on his head as a young man. A lot happened before he got to the throne as the king of Israel. And a lot of life happened to David even after he reached that throne. Sin was a part of David's life. Betrayal, death in his family, struggles, disappointment. David's family fell apart in between time. Yet David speaks of the anointing in other verses in this same book. The one we're most familiar with is Psalms 23. I want you to listen carefully to the context and quote it with me as we begin in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. David had been anointed by God for his purpose in his life as a young man. Yet we see David make reference to this experience, this empowerment by God happening more than once in his life. It was more than just a symbolic ritual. It was an ongoing reality in his life. David did a lot of living in between those moments of anointing of the oil of the presence of God. And yet he knew it was something that he could count on no matter what. Because David believed he could experience a brand new anointing and touch of God. You see, it was the oil that strengthened and empowered David through every challenge that he faced. Every assignment that God gave him, every difficult season and moment of his life. And for us as New Testament believers, the anointing oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit of God 
The word hero used in the New Testament is the figurative form of the word anointing. It is the word Jesus used when quoting Isaiah's prophecy about himself. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Peter referenced it in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 when he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. You see, the Bible uses the anointing as an illustration for us of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. It is a word picture for our learning. And just like the oil was poured on individuals to prepare them and to empower them to do what God had called them to do in the Old Testament, so the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you and it comes upon me. Like David said throughout Psalms, this is not a one-time experience in our lives. Throughout Scripture, we read that the Spirit of the Lord came upon individuals in specific moments of need and even crisis. In the Old Testament, there are too many for me to name for you, but just a few this morning. In the book of Judges, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and it came upon Samson. In 1 Samuel, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, like we read. In Second Chronicles, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah. We see this reality in the early days of the church in the book of Acts. As they faced new challenges, the Bible lets us know they received a fresh touch of the Spirit. In a moment, they were empowered by God for what they were facing. In Acts chapter 13 verse 9, we read, But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Spirit. Had the Spirit of God left the mighty apostle Paul? Certainly not. Wasn't he filled the moment Ananias laid his hands on him in Acts chapter 9? Absolutely he was. But what the Bible is referring to here is a fresh empowerment at that moment in Paul's life. Paul, as powerful as he was in the spirit, faced unprecedented challenges in that time and place. And the Bible wants us to know that the Holy Spirit was right there, working through Paul, helping him as each challenge presented itself. In Acts chapter 4, Peter was filled with the spirit when he and John stood before the council and later In that same chapter in verse 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. In Acts 7, before Stephen was stoned, the Bible says he was full of the Spirit In the face of those challenges, in the face of opposition, in the face of death itself, we see the Spirit of God filling believers, a fresh touch, a new anointing for the moment. This is exactly what Jesus said would be the reality of the Spirit-filled believer when he described it to his disciples in John chapter 14. 
beginning with verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 26, Jesus said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I have said to you, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. All pointing to the work of God's spirit in our lives. Let me state the obvious for you this morning. We need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit today. In this season, in the face of these new realities that have sent our world spiraling and scrambling. We need a fresh touch of God's spirit. We need this song for the Sabbath today. We need God in ways we never have before. We need the spirit of God to fill us as we face these struggles We need his spirit to come upon us as we shine as lights in the middle of such darkness. And I've got good news for the church. I've got good news for the world today that God's spirit is up to the task right now. It has always been sufficient. It is ready and it is available to you right where you are this morning. We need a renewal Like the psalmist was talking about. We need fresh oil. We don't have to be sheepish. We don't need to be embarrassed as born again, spirit filled believers. You have a resource that this world desperately needs in their lives in the spirit of God. That we can be bold in this moment even in our homes as the spirit of God moves among us and empowers us. It's what this world needs. It's the source of power that Jesus promised we would have. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verses 20 through 21. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The church needs fresh oil today and will need it every day until Jesus comes back. In this song for the Sabbath, the freshness of God's presence and power in our lives is guaranteed. Psalms 92 verse 10 promises strength to you. It promises renewal and a fresh outpouring of God's spirit in your life. I believe that David knew for certain I shall be anointed with fresh oil. God's spirit will give me what I need 
in the moment based on David's life experience and his walk with God. He knew it to be true. We will have what we need through God's spirit. He has always been and will always be up to the task. This morning, if you've never been filled with God's spirit, you can receive that experience wherever you are. For God's presence is here. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so if you have never received the spirit of God before, I invite you, I encourage you to begin by repenting of your sins and asking the Lord to come into your heart in an unprecedented way. God, that you would, uh, would, would just yield to his presence in this moment. That we believe that just like they did in the scripture, we would know we have received the spirit of God by speaking in a language we have not been taught. A language we previously did not know. That that is the evidence as it was for the apostles in the book of Acts, that you have been filled with the Spirit of God. I understand that it feels different to you, maybe praying and reaching for God in this way where you are this morning, but that's okay because we understand that God's promise of His Spirit is ours no matter what the circumstance. And so I want you to make your home the altar this morning. Maybe it is kneeling at your couch or standing up in your family room or in your bedroom, whatever maybe your custom has been when you come to an actual worship service, Calvary. I believe that God wants to anoint you with fresh oil this morning. This song for the Sabbath, as we start a new week and we put last week behind us. We lay our fears and our worries aside and we reach for the presence of God for what he knows that we need in this moment. And so now as we begin to pray, as we go into a time of singing together, I invite you, I implore you, take advantage of this moment, the opportunity that you have to be refilled with the Spirit of God. Maybe there's somebody in your home that has not yet received the promise of Acts 2.38. Would you take the time to ask God to release that miracle, that supernatural power in that person's life right now? I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing together. Lord, I thank you for your presence that I feel. I feel the certainty and power of your word and promise to us, Lord, that you are ready to pour out your spirit on all flesh like Joel said that you would. That there is no circumstance that can keep you from doing that. But God, maybe part of your work in our lives is to allow us to refocus and to release you to move in our lives in a way we never have before. And so, God, I am praying that every home right now would feel the power and presence of God, that just like Samuel 
emptied that horn of oil on David's head, that your presence would rush over us and saturate us, Lord, with your goodness so that we can be strengthened, so that we can receive the power and the comfort and the knowledge that you promised that we could receive in Jesus' name. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.